0: Hello and welcome to the Miraculous Being series. I'm your host and self-awareness coach Shweta Shivraman and this is a show where we discover, learn and implement lessons from others' life journeys. Others who I believe epitomize miraculous in its true spirit. Individuals who live life to the fullest, who've worked hard on themselves to reach where they are today and are passionate in what they do. Today we have with us Nirja Ganesh. She is a consultant with Aspire for Her, where she mentors women aspiring to grow in their careers. She also conducts various training programs on leadership and behaviors. She switched her career to work in the space of gender diversity after a successful career in the information technology industry, managing large teams for over 25 years. Prior to Aspire for Her, she served as the Director of Relationships at National Education Society of Karnataka and was also the Head of Jobs for Her Foundation. She's a renowned speaker and is currently writing her first book titled You Have Arrived, No Glass Ceilings, No Broken Rungs, No Glass Cliffs, which she believes will be a large influence on the readers, especially to young girls and women in terms of navigating their life and career successfully. I'm personally waiting for this one. She's won multiple awards, most recent being the Jobs for Her, her rising award in the Women in Impact category. She's also been featured as one of the 40 women who have traversed their life journeys from ordinary to extraordinary in the book Magical 40 at 40. Thank you so much, so much for being here. Truly honored to have you here, Neerja.
1: It's my pleasure, Shweta. And you know, every time somebody gives this introduction, I feel okay. I must shorten it because you don't need to spend so much time on introductions. You must have you know that time also available for conversations. But thank you for. Going through the entire introduction.
0: Not at all. I I feel like we still barely scratched the surface. My first question to you is going to be, can you please share your journey for the audience here? Sure.
1: Uh, so um, let me speak about my professional journey because a lot of what was in the introduction was professional. And then, of course, we'll have time to talk about my personal journey also at some point in time. Sure. So, um, you know, uh, I, let me start, when did I start working, right? So I started working when I was studying. So I was doing this advanced diploma in systems management. That's what it was called, a two-year course at NIIT. Um, it is, uh, you know, it continues to be one of the premier institutions uh, in the country. But those were the days, and I'm talking about the early 1990s, when it was the, you know, software and IT was just kind of infused into our country in India. And there were a lot of these institutes that came in place. And the people said that if you did a course, a software, an IT course, then you could, you know, get a wonderful job, uh, a lot of money and opportunities to travel abroad, etc. Now, while I didn't have any of that in my mind, uh, I just wanted to do something uh, which could get me into a job quickly, only because I was racing against time. What was I racing against? My parents were very keen to get me married. And uh, I knew that I couldn't possibly survive two years of a post-graduation, etc. because I just finished my graduation. So I was doing this, though it was a two-year course, Uh, it was in a six-month semester format. So I knew that even if I did two semesters, it would give me some kind of a diploma and it would hold value if I wanted a job, etc. So when I was in my third semester is when Sonata came to campus and we all got, uh, many of us were working there, got into contract jobs for three months and that extended to six months and then nine months and eventually we all became permanent employees. So that's how I started working. Um, you have to note that I always say work. I'm not saying career. okay? Because it was never in my dreams that I would work, let alone have a career. Because mm-hmm. I come from a family where, uh, it was a very conservative family and we'll talk about that at some time. And there was no talk about work and career. Uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to earn a little bit of my own money before you know I got married. So I thought, let me just do something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I thought... I'll work till I get married. And then if, you know, the the family where I get into says, you should not work, then I'll quit the job. I was a very, very uh, meek, timid, shy girl. So, you know, there was no question of uh, me thinking very different. I was conditioned that way. This is how Mm -hmm. it will be. And I said, okay, let it be. Mm -hmm. So I thought I will leave when I get married. But that was not to be because I got married into a family who was supportive of me working. Mm-hmm. Um, so I continued so Sonata I worked for two years and then I went to this organization called as Manhattan Associates uh, another two years um, I was doing programming jobs because that's what I started to be right uh, a software engineer programmer and then I moved into a company called as ANZ uh, their IT division it used to be called index computing in those days I will tell you this funny incident um So in Sonata, I used to work on uh, COBOL, Unix and COBOL, for those who remember the, you know, COBOL of those years, I don't even know if someone uses that programming language now. And at Manhattan Associates, I used to work on uh, something called AS400, Uh, it's a mid-range computing system. So when I was interviewed at um, ANZ, I told them I have both these backgrounds. And they said they have both these platforms available. And they said they could put me into, you know, both I could move into something else, etc. Now I assumed that they would put me into AS 400, and uh, that is what I really wanted to do. But when I eventually joined, they actually put me into Cobalt. So in the first one week, I was quiet and shy, right? So I couldn't necessarily go and argue with the gloss or say move me out. What I did was quietly sneaked out every day to attend a interview. <laughs> Those are the days when there was no internet and there was no mobile phone, so they couldn't track us anywhere. I would sneak out during the interview hours, come back. I don't know how I managed it, you know. Um, But I didn't, I I got jobs, but they never paid me the kind of salary that ANZ was offering. Um, So I continued in ANZ. So the girl who interviewed every day in the first one week of having joined ANZ stayed in ANZ for 16 years. (laughs) all right so that's something and I really hugely owe it to ANZ in the way I have transformed uh, from of course being that meek timid shy girl to who I am today in the way I have grown in leadership what I have learned from you know there's leaders out there in the way I kind of deliver work etc that was that was phenomenal 16 years and then I went and worked with this organization called Ascap Gemini for five years and then quit from the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Again, not a very planned, you know, kind of a decision. Things happened, and I did that. Um, the last five years, from twenty seventeen till now, I've been hugely following my passion. I do a lot of things. Uh, it doesn't go with the title. So when I struggle, when people say, "Okay, what is your designation or what is the title?" see, so whatever you know, <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> matter to me because uh, I just do things which I believe is the need of the hour. I'm passionate about and where I can create an impact. So I've gone and headed a not-for-profit foundation. I have gone and worked in a college, academia. I have, you know, freelanced and I continue to freelance. I consult at this platform called Aspire for Her. And I will write and I will speak. And, you know, you ask me to volunteer for something. You want me to launch a book. I will do anything and everything as long as I feel that it creates the impact that I wish to create. So that's me and that's my journey of the last 30 plus years, I think, professionally.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, a curious question that's coming up in my head is that uh, having worked for almost 25 years in a structured environment, especially something like IT, where the the roles are defined and everything is so specified to the multiple hats that you're wearing today and having that freedom to explore your passion and actually create that impact. How has that transition been for you?
1: Uh, I think it wasn't very easy um i remember when i went to work at the ngo now for for foundation started by jobs for her and jobs for her is a startup right and mm-hmm. startup world is very different from an organization and processes etc and ngo also i will almost call it like a startup you know because you are an only person you're running everything in in the ngo mm-hmm. because you have to have a lean team you have a few volunteers who may help you otherwise you just kind of uh, get help from whoever and wherever the first thing that went out of the window was the process. And it was so, so difficult. Every Every day, you know, the requirements would change, the mandates would change. Uh, and uh, I would have planned for something, prepared for something. And suddenly, you know, that is no longer a priority. And I'm a person who, you know, drives myself by priorities and say, How can priorities change overnight? Right. And then just do it. Don't care about documentation. Don't care about... was very extremely difficult and i think it took me a good three months um Mm. to kind of accept that we say the new normal or whatever right to accept that things can still be done (laughs) without really have to follow the process but i being a very disciplined meticulous person still followed my own processes for myself even if it was not you know seen and shown to the whole world even if i went and you know, worked in the mess. Uh, I would come back and for my own, you know, satisfaction, I would do a little bit of documentation and things like that, which of course has helped everyone along the way. It was difficult. It was difficult. Um, I even say that before I started in the not-for-profit uh, for a month, you uh, know, I was actually consulting at a startup, small startup, about 10 of us, right? Um, and uh, there, there used to be with this, table where all of us would sit next to each other and work. It would get converted to a dining table in the afternoons and then, you know, back to work tables. Young crowd. Uh, So if I've done 25 years, you can do the math. You can imagine what my age was. It was a very young crowd, just out of college and things like that. Each one is playing music, you know, sitting next to me and music blaring and I'm like, how can I work? (laughs) (laughs) So it has been very difficult, but I think what made me, you know, learn and survive there and of course grow is the fact that I'm a very open mind. I'm not fixated. You know, people will give up. I say, 25 years, I've been a director of IT. Is this how what you want me to do? Is this is how you want me to do. I'm not going to do it. That could be one approach, right? For me, I was quite flexible to say, let me learn. Because there is something that's going to come out of this, right? So let me learn and uh, there was a person who actually told me at the not-for-profit because I, I told you it was a one-person art. Mm-hmm. So I was managing stakeholders. I was bringing in partnerships. I was building communicate uh, communities. I was writing newsletters. I was doing my social media, everything me. And I was learning it from this girl, 25-year-old. And she said, you can't do this, ma'am. Forget it. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, what is the can't here? And today people call me an influencer on LinkedIn, right? Right. (laughs) So it is about that. It is about keeping an open mind, trying to be a little flexible and seeing the goodness in everything and not saying this is the way it is. You don't know, you know, the right way of uh, doing things. I think that's what has made me survive and grow in this. Uh, So it was difficult, but today it's become part of life. Today I enjoy it. (laughs) Today, uh,
0: you know, even if there's music,
1: Flaring away, I know I can, you know, (laughs) do my stuff very
0: productively. (laughs) Right, right. I think that's so beautifully articulated, right? So, keeping an open mind and actually asking yourself, what can you learn from this? Uh, I think that's a very powerful uh, takeaway. Thank you so much for sharing that. And the other question that came to my mind as you were sharing your journey was that, you know, you mentioned that you were meek, timid, and shy as a person. And I, I don't see any of that here, right? Uh, in all our interactions, I have not seen any any of those traits. So, how did you make that transition to who you are today?
1: Sure. So, uh, all through school, all through college and the first 10 years of my working life, I have not spoken to you. So, in school, I was probably, you know, sitting all by myself, had my lunch by myself. College was probably the same. Uh, I mean, I had friends. I'm not saying that I didn't have friends. Um, but I never contributed to conversations. Um, I was there listening because you need people to listen to you also. So I was there listening to people. I was a very helpful person. So they would come to me because I was a math geek and I would help them with math and things like that. Um, So there were people around. I'm not denying that, but I really didn't, you know, open up and speak uh, much. At work, again, uh, I did a nine to six uh, job. I would come, I would see what is there in my to-do list, finish it, go. You know, those were not the days. Uh, on the processes were not such that we should really interact with teams, etc. I'm a programmer. I get gi- I'm given a spec, very detailed enough for me to understand. I will code. I will do my testing. Give it and go. You know, there was no question of agile, We need to you know huddle together and you know understand things and all of that. So I did it quite well, except for one feedback, which would come every appraisal was that you don't mingle with the teams. You're not proactive i never did anything beyond my job this is my job nine to six i want to go home at six and this is what but i was very good at my job so i continued you know getting good ratings and respect. what happened was uh, i was in this team with 10 other people um almost you know same amounts of experience that i had and our manager uh went away to uh on site for six months so they had to replace him for six months uh, they were looking for a, a team in those days, the concept of leadership didn't exist. Whoever was the most technically qualified was assigned as the team. Lead. And while most of us had similar years of experience, I happened to be a notch higher, I think. So they said, Nirja Ganesh, you're the team lead. But can you imagine this girl who never speaks to lead a team of 10 people? Uh, and all of them almost the same experience as I. So if they have to look up to me, I should bring something different to the table, right? Now, it was also, uh, as we say, you can look at something as a a challenge or as an opportunity. When the pandemic happened, that's what we said, right? Are you going to take it as a challenge or as an opportunity? The challenges were that we were going through a transition. All the work was coming to Bangalore from on-site. So there was a lot that we had to kind of showcase to say we are able to deliver what on-site used to deliver. Uh, Secondly, we were going through a CMMI transformations those of you who don't know cmmi it's like one of the uh, processes uh, uh, that you get certified Uh, the organization gets certified as a cmmi uh, you know organization which means that you have very good processes um, that will ensure that the quality of the deliverable that comes from this organization from this team regardless of who's in the team is going to be of a particular quality so we were going through that transformation and there were a few other challenges that were happening and uh, there was no way I could sit quiet because every day they would say Bangalore is not performing. Every day we would have CMMI reports saying this team is not following processes, etc. And we knew what we were going through. right? It was not true. There were a lot of other things which people were, you know, kind of ignoring. So I realized I can't keep quiet. So in a meeting, which was chaired by the managing director of the company, Uh, where they were reviewing our CMMI compliances. And my team compliance was very pathetic, actually, because I was following it to the T. If they'd asked a question, I would really see whether I was doing it or not. And if I was not doing, I would say a no. And I was not like some of those people who who would interpret it differently and say a yes and still bring their compliance higher. And eventually at the end of the meeting, I said, I don't know how other teams are doing this, but we are struggling. And uh, we would like uh, some help. We would like somebody from the quality team to come and sit with us, understand our work, and then suggest to us how we can start complying to these processes. Everybody around me thought i had gone bonkers because you don't ask a managing director such things, right? Almost challenging the processes that are being thrust on you. And uh, they all decided either, if not thrown out of the company, at least thrown out of the team because looks like she can't lead the team. But I must also give it to the managing director. The next day he made an announcement. He said that he's going to introduce a concept called as quality representatives. People from the quality team will come and sit with every team to understand the work that they do and then tell them how to follow these processes. And uh, when the quality came to our team is when they realized the work that we were doing did not fit into the processes that they had actually defined. And they had to actually redefine the processes. So that's where the transformation happened, I think, for me. Because one, I realized that you need to speak. Not for yourself, but also for the team. And it's okay to speak because there are people who will listen. Maybe if I had another manager, the managing director was such, who said, get lost, the whole organization is able to follow, looks like a problem with you, then maybe this transformation may not have happened. But because of that leader who listened, And not only did he send someone to my team, he actually sent to the entire organization. And their realization was that the processes were inadequate, not us. So I realized that if you speak, it will bring about a big impact. And so I started speaking. And I have not
0: stopped speaking till today. (laughs) Thank you for that. So with that, we'll move on to the rapid fire segment. Are you ready? Um, I have my questions here. All right. Uh, first thing are you a morning person or a night owl
1: i'm a night
0: owl yes <laughs> hmm. okay uh, punctual and always on time or behind schedule
1: um fairly on schedule uh, i can get more disciplined then i'll always be on schedule but yeah i'll,
0: I'll improve <laughs> there <laughs> right i know you said you aren't much of a reader or a podcast but if you had to pick between the two which one would you books or podcast
1: i think i would go for podcasts because uh, it's on the go, right? I mean of course you have audio books also but uh, I think uh, podcasts.
0: And uh, is there any one thing that you probably learned very hard through your journey that you'd like to share with for others too?
1: Yeah, the one that I said that you don't have to necessarily follow the world or uh, just be yourself. It didn't take me too long. It took me two years of the 11th and 12th <laughs> but yeah, that's something that I
0: learned. <laughs> uh, lovely, lovely. Even uh, in my case as well, I, I wrote my CAT exam because uh, my best friend wanted to go into an IM. So, yeah, yes. <laughs> it, life has funny ways of <laughs> working. <Right. laughs> One underrated skill or quality in life? Keep things simple. Simplicity. Okay. you spoke a lot about role models or inspirations uh, who is your role model and if you could like share some qualities that you admire in that person
1: I'll well, name three uh, um, and not in any order but you know, I've come across and met them and you know kind of worked with them one is uh, Madhara Gupta Sinha the founder of Aspire for Her um, the platform that I currently you know, consult with two uh, Apurva Purohit um, the, she runs her own startup now, called as Ozol. She's the ex-president um, you know, president of the Jadren Group and she's written two Phenomenal Books. Uh, and three, Pankajam Devi. These three people come to my mind when I talk about role models. Pankajam Devi used to be the MD at ANZ, now she's the MD at Commonwealth Bank of Australia, so that India set up. Why do I look up to them? They are amazing storytellers. The communication style that they have and I tell everyone that you know storytelling is the, um, the style that you need to practice if you want to have impactful you know, communications. They are amazing storytellers to, um, I think their passion which they have actually transformed into action. All of us are passionate about many things but how many of us actually act on it? Each of them you know has been passionate about something and they've transformed it into action. And the third thing I think all of them are fearless they will go about saying doing things not really caring about what the rest of the world you know thinks and says yeah fearless
0: wow such such admirable qualities lovely and if you had to give uh, this is more like a LinkedIn post I feel but if you had to give one advice to your younger self what would that be I think I
1: could have been a little more flexible in my thinking is what I'm feeling, because I am this prim and proper meticulous person that I am, Um, I would like, uh, I think definitely, you know, till I went into that startup mode, even now, you know, while I'm saying that I learned, I had an open mind and I knew that I had to kind of be flexible but I could have been a little more flexible even you know from my younger days in terms of accepting others views or you know uh, kind of even my own you know the way I did things or thought about it, I could have brought about a little more flexibility is what I feel Um, the letting go is very very hard for me and I think you know that (laughs) is something that I should have done much earlier in life then it doesn't become so difficult now
0: (laughs) Right, right. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I'm sure that <laughs> never is easy. Uh, is there any goal that you're working towards personally in terms of your personal growth goal for 2022? Do you have any such thing?
1: See, I, uh, one of the things that I keep and, and I actually, you know, also worked with a coach. Like Someone was coaching me on this and I did put that as, you know, the, the, not a problem area, but something that I need to kind of work towards is that See, I throughout my career, the minute I used to get comfortable in a particular role, I would move out. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that I do tell people that you know, don't get too comfortable. Um, then you don't grow. Mm-hmm. Right? So I would always, you know, I would always get into a project which was in absolutely shambles and I would put things in place and take it, you know, a notch higher and then I would just move to the another shamble place, right? <laughs> Right now, I think I am living a life of comfort. So very busy schedule. I'm not saying that, you know, I have got 20 hours to myself. That's not the way. But um, I, I'm not drawn out a business plan. I'm not saying this is what I want to achieve in terms so, This is The kind of revenue or the kind of impact in terms of numbers. Uh, I have not drawn that. Um, so what is coming my way and a lot is coming my way and I take it and I, you know, deliver it. Uh, but I think I I have the scope uh, to kind of do more if only I kind of put that plan in place. Uh, so I think that's one thing. I don't know when that will happen, but I I kind of keep reminding myself that I think you're in a comfort zone. You need to make yourself uncomfortable. <laughs> right, right.
0: Thank you. We usually ask this question because a lot of people who listen to podcasts and that's one thing that I very actively say is that we are all work in progress people, right? It's not that you put somebody on a pedestal and they've achieved it all but every day is actually a work in progress so this usually uh, makes it more relatable for our listeners as well in terms of where you are on your journey. Another question that comes up is that uh, are there any non-negotiables in your daily routine? Things that you absolutely must do?
1: Okay, my me time I never compromise on it okay I don't do too many things or too big things it might be just you know half an hour of TV or something like that but I never compromise on my me time especially after the pandemic you know when there was no difference between a morning and the night and the next day and a Saturday and Sunday I very consciously said that the weekends have to look like weekends and you know the weekdays have to be different uh, so my me time I never compromise on it I ensure that you know I get whatever bit of me time that I have decided for myself Uh, Time for family is the other non-negotiable. I I will definitely make time for family. And that's why the prioritization. So the third thing I would have said is my calendar. So if you look at my calendar, and this is how I say, people say, how do I prioritize? And how do I ensure that I do the things that I really want to do? I say today, Google has given this phenomenal product called a calendar, right? Um, I put everything into it. Um, Even my daughter's dentist appointment will be in it. And every small thing, you know, will be in it because that way i know that if you are requesting for time for a podcast interview uh i will give you a slot which for which i don't have to throw away something which i had forgotten and then suddenly my daughter comes and say you promised me this or you know something else if if that is a priority item it will be sitting in my calendar so time for family and you know my calendar is something that i cannot live without so anything that people say the first thing is I'll go and look into my calendar and block it into my calendar and the calendar has spaces also it's not a very crowded calendar so that you know there is uh, space for emergencies and there's space for
0: free time and me time and everything
1: else my me time is also calendarized so that is something that I can't do without
0: <laughs> I love that I love that have your me times and even schedule them yes <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's great Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Miraculous Being podcast. And if you're enjoying the conversation with Neil Ganesh, stay tuned because we have lots more coming. Watch out for part two of our conversation with Neelja Ganesh coming up next week. Stay tuned. See you on the other side.